0: Oh my goodness, the weekend is here and time to celebrate, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah, but hold on, we have to ask the preacher first. Ask the Preacher, your weekly chance to have Bible questions answered and it's brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. God mercy on me, on me. God mercy on me. Ask the Preacher with John Freed. Well, John's out today. Sitting in, George Locke. Yip 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 It is a beautiful Friday. A little
1: hot, but it is nice. I prefer the heat myself. Welcome to the program, all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. I appreciate you uh, listening, joining in on the conversation. Did you know that you can join in? You can be part of radio history. You can ask a question, either on topic or off topic. You can provide your commentary on what we're talking about today. And you can do that by calling in 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. You can also go to askthepreacher.com, and on that website, you can check out previous episodes, you can uh, find the phone number, and you can submit questions that we will uh, do our best to answer and follow up on um, episodes after you submit your questions. Today, I want to talk about something that... um, Well, if if you've been a listener of the program for any amount of time, you know that when I get the opportunity to guest host solo, I like to dive deep into the Bible, and I do my best to offend everybody. And so I'm going to try to do that today as well. And one thing that I want to bring to our attention is my goal for today is to help debunk what I like to refer to as the selfish gospel. Now, this is going to be the most important thing I think I say today, because it sets up the entire conversation, and I don't want you to uh, hear some of the conversation and then tune out and and mistake what I'm saying. So, So listen very carefully, very closely. Jesus loves you, and that is true. And if you were the only person, would he still have died for you? My contention is that he he might have, but that's not the reason he came, fulfilled the law, died, and rose again. And if we, as people who believe the good news about Jesus, think that was the purpose, you believe a selfish, self-centered gospel. And if you're not really sure what the gospel is, you're kind of curious as to uh, this whole story about Jesus. Is it real? How does the whole timeline of human history work? We're going to try to unravel that today. And here's why it's such an apropos thing to talk about. Right now, in our county, there are events that will take place this Sunday where adults will promote sexual activities to and four children. This is nothing short of sanctioned soft core pedophilia, and it's happening here in Polk County. Now, I'm not going to give advertisement to what I'm referring to, but there are events occurring in our own county that are being sanctioned. This soft core pedophilia where adults dress in drag and dance provocatively and are inviting school-aged children to join this event, it is disgusting, it is evil, and it needs to be eradicated. But what does that have to do with the selfish gospel well, in order to understand how what's occurring in our world today ties in with the story of the Bible, we really have to look at at the 30,000-foot view of human history. So my, my goal for each segment today is to talk about the history of humanity, then we're going to talk about the history of God's plan, we're going to talk about how this all actually uh, happened according to the law, and then we're going to discuss a where we're at today and how it all ties in together. And so when I get the opportunity to host the program, I make lots of references and we don't have time to read every single Bible verse uh, because every verse in the Bible ties into every other verse in the Bible. And the whole program would just uh, be taken up by, by trying to show how one verse backs up another, backs up another, and we would, we would never get to, to discuss the whole thing. So I will make many references. I need you to do me one more favor. Do not believe anything that I say. The Bible says that we are to test the spirits to see whether they be of God. And Proverbs tells us that a fool answers a matter or makes up his mind uh, without doing any kind of research. And before hearing any of the debates, so to speak, on, on it, that's my paraphrase of it. So don't just believe what you hear, take what you hear, and make sure that it's true. So I'll give you Bible references, and I want to start out with kind of the history of humanity. And there's no better way to really understand the history of humanity than to start in the beginning. And so when we look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very start of Genesis... It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 2, there's some debate amongst scholars. And now the earth became formless uh, and void. Or, or some scholars say, well, it doesn't mean and now. It just says the earth was formless and void. The contention is that there might be a gap between one, verse 1 and verse 2 and, and what happened during that. And, and that's a completely in-depth topic we can talk about. But what we know from the very beginning of human history, as if we continue to read Genesis chapter 1, one of the very first things that God says about humanity is their purpose. And in Genesis 1:26, God says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And then God reiterates this again in verse 28. And so one of the very first things God says about Adam and Eve and all of humanity is our purpose. And what's really interesting, a friend of mine, uh, he pointed out this week, and we're going to tackle this a little bit more in depth, but he pointed out to me this week that the purpose was spoken and given to humanity before any laws were given. The very first commandment or law given was, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But before that was given, there was a purpose. There was a mission. There was a reason for humanity to be created. And so we know, and we're going to recap this in the next segment, but real briefly, we know that Adam and Eve, they fell. They sinned. They did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so that kind of put God at a dilemma. And so the next step in the human history playbook, if you will, was a nation that didn't exist, a nation that God married. And he himself uses that word many times in the Bible. He entered into a partnership, a covenant relationship with Israel and their purpose, which we will talk about after the break, is the same purpose of humanity. They were supposed to take dominion, be fruitful, and multiply. And we now know through history what happened with Israel. Christ came, he died, fulfilling the law of divorce's demand, and now he offers all of us who believe in him and his work his righteousness, the opportunity to become the Israel of God and continue the mission to take dominion, be fruitful, and multiply. We're going to dive a little deeper into this history and see how the selfish gospel will be unraveled by the truth of the Bible right after this break. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. Join in on the conversation 863-682-1430. Hang in there. We'll be back in just a few moments.
0: Now, let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. And for John Freed this week is George Locke. Welcome back to the program, all you beautiful people.
1: Thank you for joining me on Ask the Preacher. Hey, just a reminder, you can join in on the conversation, be part of radio history. And uh, you can ask a question either on topic, off topic, or provide your commentary on what we're talking about today. The phone number to call in, 863-682-1430. Today, we're... uh, kind of giving the overview of the whole purpose for humanity and how God's history playbook uh, has not only played out, but is playing out and will play out, and uh, how that relates to us and debunking this selfish gospel. Uh, Before we get to that and continue in that, we had a uh, caller call in and ask a question. uh, And the question I'm not going to be able to say it verbatim because our our call screener, Eric, gave it to me in a paraphrase. But the question was from uh, the book of Jude and what my thoughts are on the wandering stars mentioned in the book of Jude. And uh, caller, I'm I'm, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name, but uh, I would encourage you to check out previous episodes of Ask the Preacher. I kind of tackled this in depth um, several weeks ago when I was here um, by myself as well. In short, my opinion is that stars throughout the Scripture are synonymous with angels. Um, In fact, there are some uh, extra-biblical, biblically-endorsed books. And and what I mean by that is they're books that are uh, quoted in the Bible. They're mentioned by the people who wrote the Bible, Uh, but they're not in our King James uh, 1611 canonized version of the Bible that most of us in the West use. These books are books like Enoch and uh, Jasher and Jubilee. Now, there are some sect of Christianity, uh, like the Coptic Christians in Ethiopia and some uh, Orthodox, uh, Eastern Orthodox um, branches that do include those books in their canon. And in short, My opinion is that the wandering stars are angels. And um, the Bible in Jude, uh, also in Peter, talk about these angels who left their heavenly habitations. They left their bodies and they chased after uh, strange flesh. Uh, And and that's a perfect segue, honestly, into what we're going to talk about next. So the short answer is they're angels. Um, And we we could talk probably... 15 hours on that topic, but it's a great segue because in the line of human history, kind of going back to to this overview of humanity, we know that Adam was created and we see in Genesis chapter 3 that this shining one, this Nakash, it's interesting that he's shining. maybe maybe his heavenly body looked like a star. Um, but this shining one, this Nakash beguiled, seduced Eve and both Adam and Eve, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they fell. The next major event in biblical history was Genesis chapter 6, where these benign Elohim, is the Hebrew term, the sons of God, made it with women and made the Nephilim. And the whole purpose of that was to corrupt the seed of woman. It was to take this prophecy that God made about a Savior coming through the seed of woman and making that image corrupt. And then after that, we see the flood of Noah, where God says, no, this isn't good. All flesh on earth is corrupt. I'm going to reset it. There's one man who's righteous and perfect in his genealogy. Genesis points that phrase out, perfect in his generations. God resets the, the, the human genetic corruption by saving Noah and his family, restarts humanity. And right after Noah is Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. And something happens at the Tower of Babel. Men begin to multiply again on the face of the earth. This is Genesis 11. Read it. Look it up. And they began to not only make for themselves a name and disobey God's commandment to replenish the earth, to be fruitful, take dominion, and multiply. They were coming together for their own selfish reasons. And again, if you read the extra-biblical biblically endorsed text like Jasher and Jubilee, it explains what the reason was. They wanted to reestablish their own gods, not the one true God, Yahweh. They wanted to establish their own gods, which is really interesting because after the tower of Babel, we have this time where Abraham is called and out of Abraham's seed, a nation that did not exist comes into existence. And in Deuteronomy 32, that whole chapter explains what the purpose of Israel, the nation of Israel that came from Abraham, what was their reason for existence? And we're not going to read the whole chapter because we have a limited amount of time, but in Deuteronomy 32, starting at verse eight, it says, when the most high, That means Yahweh. He's the God of all the other gods with lowercase g's. He's the one who created all other beings. When the Most High gave to the nations as an inheritance, when he divided mankind and he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. It's the same term in the Dead Sea Scrolls, Benign Elohim, as in Genesis chapter 6. Now, this is a deep theological point that you probably never heard in your church uh, pulpits and pews before. But the whole purpose of the nation Israel for their existence was because at the Tower of Babel, the nations scattered they, uh, I'm sorry. They they didn't scatter. They they came back to the Tower of Babel and they refused to scatter and fulfill their purpose. They wanted to raise up their own gods. So God came down at the Tower of Babel, scattered them, and during that scattering, Deuteronomy 32 tells us that He divided those nations. All those people who ended up speaking different languages, they were given over to these spiritual beings, the sons of God, the benign Elohim, another term in Psalm 82 this is important. Deuteronomy 32 and Psalm 82 go hand in hand. And here's how they connect. God scatters the nations. And when he scatters the nations, when he scatters the nation, he gives their rule to these other beings. And then in Psalm 82, Yahweh, the most high, the God of gods, he says, you guys rule justly, do what is right. Oh, but you didn't. So this is Yahweh talking to these spiritual beings. You were supposed to rule the nations justly, but you didn't. And because you didn't, I am going to tell Yahweh. So it's Yahweh talking to Yahweh in in Psalm 82. And the second Yahweh figure says to these other spiritual beings, I, the second Yahweh, am going to crush you. I'm going to destroy you. So here's how this ties in. The nation of Israel was created for the purpose of reclaiming the whole earth. God divided the nations of the world to be ruled by these other gods. They did a poor job. So Yahweh becomes a man. that is Jesus. And that is why in in the gospel when uh, in in uh, the Gospel, Jesus is getting ready to be stoned and, they say, we're stoning you and, and because you keep blaspheming and saying that you're God. And Jesus quotes Psalm 82 because Jesus is saying, no, no, I'm not just calling myself God. I'm calling myself Yahweh, who's going to crush all the other gods. And so that's why they wanted to stone Jesus, because he was calling himself Yahweh. So uh, we are going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. We're up against a hard break. We're going to dive deep into debunking this selfish gospel But it happens, the whole reason for Israel existing was because the nations were being ruled by other spiritual beings. Yahweh made a nation out of Abraham, something that didn't even exist at the Tower of Babel. He made a nation come forth from Abraham's faith. That nation of Israel married God. Their purpose was to take dominion and they failed at it. They couldn't do it. And so we're gonna talk about why they failed, how that failure occurred, and how does that point in history now relate to us when we come back from the break. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher, phone number to call in, 863-682-1430. Don't be sad,
0: we're coming back right after this break. Now let's get back to the second half of Ask the Preacher for this afternoon, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. John Fried is your host. He's out today. Sitting in is George Locke. Welcome back from the break, all
1: you beautiful people. Hey, if you thought the first two segments went quick, we are gonna go even faster, these last two, because time is short and there's so much to get through and it's so much good information. But there's always time for you and your questions and your commentary. If you want to join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. Join in, ask a question on topic, off topic, give us your commentary on what you think about what we're talking about today. But I want to continue real quick. So, in the first two segments, we were going through the whole purpose of humanity, the human history timeline, if you will. And it starts with um, Adam and Eve. And Adam was given a purpose, to take dominion, which is a military term that means to bring under your control through force, if necessary, to be fruitful and to multiply. He was given the mission, and then he was given a law to abide by. And if he would have uh, obeyed that law, if he would have just listened, then his mission would have been accomplished. But, as we talked about, as we know, Adam and Eve fell They broke the law. They partook from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they lost their ability to fulfill their purpose. The next thing in human history, the next big event was the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 32 tells us specifically why the nation of Israel came into existence. They came into existence to reclaim the nations, their whole purpose was to continue Adam's original mission, to take dominion, be fruitful, and multiply. And after they were given this... So, so think about this. Adam, given a mission, then he was given the law, not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, fell. Then the nation of Israel is called. Abraham is called. There's Hundreds of years where the nation is in in Egypt and then they get called out of Egypt. Moses leads them to the mountain after their deliverance. They're given the law. So Adam mission, then a law Israel. They're given a mission. Israel, I will be your God. You will be my people. You will reclaim the nations. Here's the law to which you're to abide in. And guess what? Israel failed to abide by that law. So now Christ comes on the scene. God, foreknowing before the the world was even made, right? The the lamb who was slain before the foundations of, of the world, the Bible tells us he knew this would all happen. It was all part of the plan, but he, God himself, becomes man. And this, oh, I would love to talk about this so much. There's Hours and hours of study, but we can't. We got to get through this. So we've talked about this on previous episodes, but Jesus' whole purpose, according to Jesus himself, was two things. He came to save the world, and he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's vitally important for us to know and for us to remember. And here's why from Adam. To the very last saint of God that will ever live, there is one body, one church, one bride. If you are in Christ, you are part of that body. You come into a relationship with Christ based on what he did, his death, his resurrection. You receive that gift, and it is by grace through faith, not based on your ability to keep good works, or do anything to earn God's love. It is a free gift of God, not of works. That way none of us can boast. So Christ is this third uh, segment in the timeline, if you will. He comes and he fulfills the law. And what that means is not just that he lived perfectly. He fulfilled the law of divorce as written in the Torah. So that Israel, he could divorce just like he said he would over five times in the Old Testament. And now everybody, not just those who are genetically Jewish, but anybody who comes to him in faith can be part of the nation of Israel and live out the purpose that God made for humanity to reclaim the world, to reclaim the nations. And here's the beauty of it. This is something so vital. I just quoted the verse that if you're in Christ, then you're grafted into Israel. We're told uh, throughout the epistles that if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. We have to abide in the vine. And so, what's really interesting about that word in, it's two letters, I N, but it has three meanings. I can write a letter in pen. I can drive in my car or I can work in healthcare. One denotes how something is done. One meaning denotes uh, your existence. I'm in the car. But the third variable or the third option to the word in denotes your status. And so when God makes man in his image, Yes, we are an, a spirit and a soul and a body, just as he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm one George, but three parts. He's one Godhead, but three parts, if you will. But we're also in him. We're his images. We are to work in his field. Just like I could say I work in marketing, I work in healthcare, I work in education. I work in Christ. What Christ does is what I do. And that can only happen if I'm in him. If I'm part of Israel, the Israel of God, that is done by accepting his gift. And I want to dive a little deeper on that because some people get confused on what it means. Now, I mentioned how Adam was given a mission and then a law. And Israel was given a mission. They were Abraham, Joseph, hundreds of years of the nation of Israel. Then they go out to worship God at Mount Sinai. They enter into this marriage relationship, this marriage covenant with him, and then they're given the law. Well, we too enter into relationship with Christ before any law is given to us. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, people who break the law, because sin isn't just missing the mark. Sin is specifically defined for us in the scripture. It's violating God's law. So while we were still violating God's law, he died for us. He made it possible for us to join in to this new relationship with him. And so now that we have the relationship with him, he gives us the great commission as it's often called. He tells us those who are in relationship with him to go tell the good news. Well, what good news? Not just that you can, you as an individual can be in a relationship with God, but that you can be part of the mission given to Adam that you can be part of reclaiming the nations and restoring the whole world and bringing it under dominion and in, in, in bringing God's kingdom to earth. You know, Jesus is coming again, but he also rules and reigns now. And he used to say all the time while he was on the earth, the kingdom of God is now and it's at hand. And so if I, through his gift, am in Christ it's not just that I have a relationship with him, but I do what he does. What his job was is now my job, just like I work in healthcare or in education. It denotes who I am as a job status. And what's interesting, one of, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is Acts 10.38, where it specifically makes this example for us. It says that the Holy Spirit, uh, this is my paraphrase, the Holy Spirit working in Jesus to heal the sick and do good works. And that is what we're supposed to do because no longer is it the Holy Spirit externally as it was before Christ dying and resurrecting, but now he's in us to do what he does. Folks, we're gonna talk about the selfish gospel and debunk it shortly. We gotta take a quick break. You can join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. Hang in there, we'll be right back.
0: Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher for this afternoon. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George. Welcome back for the final
1: segment of Ask the Preacher for this week. We'll be back next week. But before we go, I want to continue our conversation, wrap up what we're talking about here. Folks, if you're just tuning in, you missed a really deep episode. And if you want to be challenged and stretched and and uh, learn some deep theological views... Go back and listen. You can go to askthepreacher.com and you can find out previous, uh, you can check out previous episodes. This episode will probably be there in about a, about a week or two, uh, but you can check out other episodes. Um, real quick as a recap, we have a caller on the line. Before we go to the caller, just as a recap, we're talking about the the history of humanity and how Adam's original purpose was to take dominion, be fruitful, and multiply. He was given a mission. Then he was given a commandment, a law. He failed. God's next Iteration, which was all planned, didn't surprise God, but the next iteration was the nation of Israel. They were uh, brought to the mountain. They were entering into a covenant relationship, a marriage, as God Himself phrases it. Then they were given the law. They uh, failed at keeping that law, not because the law was wrong. In fact, the Bible says the law is perfect and that it is a blessing and that it is not too hard to keep, according to Paul. But what was failed. In Hebrews chapter 8 was the priesthood. The high priest would cleanse uh, the the community ceremonially, but then he himself would end up making a mistake and and, and thus nullifying and, and voiding out the, uh, the, the ceremonial cleanliness that was just done on Yom Kippur. And so it wasn't the, the law that was flawed. Hebrews 8.6 says that finding fault with them, the men, the high priests, kept making mistakes. So Jesus himself became a man, a representative of Israel, completed the law of divorce as mentioned in the Torah, uh, fulfilled it perfectly, and now asks all of us, whoever would receive him by faith because of his grace, not our good works, but because of what he did, we can enter into a better covenant, one that doesn't have a contingency on flawed men as the high priest, but one that has him as the high priest and no longer requires an annual sacrifice because he did it once and he never make, makes a mistake. And so he's able to cleanse us and forgive us. We got a call on the line. Jim, welcome to Ask the Preacher. What's on your hey,
2: mind? I I first learned about this uh, truth of, of man's purpose uh, that you're speaking about years ago, um, about 30, 35 years ago. And it was introduced to me uh, by a book I read by Bill Blackaby, called Experiencing God. And there's one phrase in that book that revolutionized my life, and it's this, that we were created by God for God. And when I understood that, I understood I wasn't saved for my purpose. I was saved for his purpose, and to enter into this uh, covenant of taking dominion, being fruitful, multiplying with him as my high priest who is perfect in receiving for me always, never failing, and that high priest... Uh, um, role and I'm a priest under him, um, bringing bringing the the gospel uh, to the nations. And so I just wanted to encourage you on the word that you're, you're you're teaching. It's a good word.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. What was the name of that book again? And who
2: was the author? In case people want to check it out. Bill Blackaby, and the name of the book is Experiencing God.
1: Very good. All right. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. Bill. Blackaby, Experiencing God. Check it out. It sounds like it's a good read and a good study. And Jim, thank you for calling in. Thank you for your comments. And uh, I appreciate it. So continuing this conversation, Jim was absolutely right. Today, I mentioned how we are debunking this idea of the selfish gospel. And what I mean by that, what I meant by that was exactly Everything we're talking about today, and and Jim, you, you summed it up perfectly, that we were made by God for God. We have a mission. From the moment humanity was created until this exact moment, and everybody listening, you have a purpose. You are important. You have a reason for breathing. You are called to join In relationship with Christ, he did the work he invites you in. So just like Adam had the commission or the the mission, the purpose, and then he was given the law. And if he would have just obeyed and abided in that law, he would have been fine, but he didn't. Israel was brought into relationship and then they were given the law. And if they would have just been able to keep the law, the high priest would have been able to keep the law. They would have been fine, but they couldn't. So Jesus being both God and man, fulfills the law's demands, allowing us to enter into a better covenant, one based on him. And so now that we're in the relationship, we are presented with a law. And the commission, the mission that we have is preaching the gospel. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus died for you. But you, just as first Corinthians tells us, you are one part of many parts who makes up one body. And, you know, when we talk about all this, you really look at Paul who wrote the majority of the new Testament. And when you study the life of Paul, you see that he wanted to go to certain nations. There were nations he desired as he writes to get to and to tell them this good news. Hey, you don't have to be ruled by other nations spirit beings anymore. You don't have to be ruled by your own fleshly desires. You can be restored. You can have purpose again. You can have identity again through Christ. And unfortunately, well, I say that God had a plan. And and, and when you read the story of Paul, he wanted to get to these nations, but there were a couple that were left out. He was beheaded before he got there. And so when you really understand what the whole purpose of humanity is, It's this grand, epic story that started with Adam, goes through millions of people, and now Paul kind of leaves it in our hands. There's still nations to be reached. There's still people who need to be reclaimed for the glory of God. And so right now in our own county, there are people who are doing the opposite. They are performing soft core pedophilia this weekend. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to sit on our blessed assurance and have a selfish gospel that the gospel was just for me, me alone, I'm good, or will we believe in the true gospel, that the nations are his and that he's king over all kings, join him, be in relationship with him. Jeremiah 33 3 says, if you want to know me, seek me with your whole heart and I'll begin to show you things you can't imagine. Folks, thank you for being with us. Live out your purpose. We'll see you next week.